Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, choir, our praise team, our trio, all of you who've worshipped this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking part in worship. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, a familiar passage. We will look at Mark chapter 1, verses one, uh, 21 through verse 34. Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through verse 34. I'm going to be sharing with you a sermon entitled, thank you Terry for singing that, People Need the Lord. People Need the Lord. As we focus on our emphasis for my friendship connection, Friend Day, coming up the 30th of this month, and we want to be well prepared. We want to make sure that um, we're listening to the Holy Spirit as we uh, meet our friends from time to time during the day, during the week, and make sure that as the Lord leads that we try to make a connection in someone having, with someone having them here on Friend Day on uh, September the 30th. So Mark chapter 1, verse uh, 21, as we read from God's Word, the Bible says, and I'll be reading out of the, King James, uh, the New King James this morning. So if you would, please look at verse 21. should be on the screen. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching. For he, speaking of Jesus, he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we done with you? Or to, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Do you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so they were questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately, there's the word immediately again, and immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. And as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother, uh, mother lay sick with fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and he took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served him. Verse 32, at evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city, imagine this, the whole city was gathered together at the door. And then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Father, thank you for an opportunity to come to our time of worship and then to worship you and then to open your word and to allow you by your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. We pray, Lord, today that you would use your spirit to instruct us and guide us, be our teacher. Father, I pray that you would be with me, give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in, direct me, guide me in what I say, and I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
Brother Terry, again, I want to thank you for reminding us through that song that people need the Lord. So through the month of September, we're going to be focusing on reaching our family, our friends, those that we rub shoulders with every day during the week, our neighbors, our classmates, our co-workers. The purpose is to invite them to Friend Day on September the 30th. And we're going to invite those that who are unbelievers and those who are believers, but they're unchurched. We're not going out and inviting other church members faithfully attending other churches. We don't do that here. But we want to invite those who are unchurched, believers, than those who have never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. Now, why are we doing that? Real simple, because people need the Lord. Now, if you'll notice, and I'm going to, you know, I noticed that Mark used the word immediately several times there. A new King, the King James probably has the word straightway. It means that Jesus went out straightway. He went out immediately. He didn't waste time. He got, he got right to it in his ministry. It's kind of what we want to do this morning. We want to look at places where people are that need the Lord. So if you take a notes, first of all, those people who need the Lord, uh, are all, some are already in church. Now, there's some of you this morning who need the Lord. If you look, would, look at verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue, and he taught, and they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, when the scribes taught, they kind of taught in a, an argumentative way. They taught in a, uh, it sounded like a debate between people in a class. Uh, they, uh, they never really got around to saying, this is what the Bible says. And because of that, people were confused. The scribes, they were smart, but they really didn't know what they were talking about, and they just confused a lot of people. Jesus was different than that. The point is, the Holy Scriptures... Uh, the, the scriptures play a, a central role in the life of the church. And so the first thing Jesus did when he went to the church that was that he opened the Word and he began to teach them the Word of God. And so the point is the teaching of the Word is central to this church building, this faith family. It's central to our Sunday school, our Bible fellowship. It's central to discipleship. It's central to the pulpit ministry. And it's central to your spiritual growth. And so we believe in teaching the Word of God. And so if you're going to be in a church that Jesus approves of, it'll be a church where the Word of God is taught and where the Word of God is preached on a regular basis. Focus on the Word of God. Now notice when Jesus began to teach the Scripture, something supernatural happened. Now the reason being because the Scriptures are supernatural. They're, they're infallible, they're inerrant, they're, they're God-breathed, they're supernatural in themselves. The Bible is a supernatural book. It's divinely inspired. It, it, it convicts and it converts. The Bible says that it's a two-edged sword. In other words, it, it hurts, but then at the same time, it heals. And the Bible is also powerful. Because it shows us our lostness, but at the same time, it shows us a Savior. That's what the Bible does. And so look at verse 23. 
Verse 23, now there was a man in the synagogue. So Jesus is in the, the church of that day, the synagogue. And there's a man there with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, let us alone. Now that's plural. Let us alone. What have we to do with you? Jesus of Nazareth, did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And so that man had no doubt been sitting there week after week in church, been sitting there service after service, class after class. He never had made a peep before, never had spoken out that we know of before. Never had manifested any strange or, or unusual or any bizarre behavior. And now all of a sudden he, he hollers out with a loud voice. The moment that Jesus walked into the room with his manifesting his presence, when, his, when the presence of Jesus was felt, this man reacted to the presence of Jesus. Never before had he done that, do we have a record of. But he reacted to the presence of Jesus. The point is, religion will have no effect on a person's messed up life. Just hearing scribes fuss and argue and debate one with another, that'll have no effect on a person's messed up life. But when the presence of Jesus comes in, all of a sudden his presence is known. And so, a person that just has religion can come to a church week after week. And if the Word is not taught and the presence of Jesus is not felt, that person is not going to be moved in any way, form, or fashion. They're just going to sit there. Notice verse 23. He said uh, he was in the synagogue and a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out. Notice the word unclean there. In other contexts, the word unclean has a moral component to it. So the point is, the man sat there looking religious week after week after week, but this man really had a secret life going on. He was just looking religious. I happen to think that, that this uncleanness was an immoral uncleanness uh, the point being said and perhaps right here today churches everywhere you have so many people that have secret lives a lot of things going on that they know about that perhaps no one else knows about they don't look any different than anyone else sitting in church they look religious they look like well they ought to be here but their habits and their practices and addictions and bondages and, and just a mess and just sin that they're all tangled up in, living a secret life. Nobody knows about that but you, and, and uh, you don't want to be disturbed about it, and you just want to be left alone when you come to church and just be religious. In fact, there are some people today who leave church Leave a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church because the Word kind of gets too close to them from time to time. Or they blame it on other things. They'll blame it on the preacher or they'll blame it on something that happens in the church. But when it all boils down to it, preacher preaches on the functioning church member 
and all of a sudden somebody disappears. Preacher preaches on homosexuality. Maybe they have a relative of a friend and they disappear. Preacher preaches on alcohol or gambling and, and perhaps they have this thing going on that no one knows about. They disappear. See, everybody don't leave church because just because of the preacher. Because at times God's words get next to you. And you feel like the best thing for you to do is just not go to that church anymore. And so you go find a church that you're more comfortable in where it's not, uh, you don't hear some of the messages perhaps that you hear. But notice Jesus manifested his presence. He got down to where these people were, this person was living. And so he manifested his presence. He's teaching the word of God. And all of a sudden this man cries out. Notice verse 24. He cries out, saying, Let us alone. What have you to do? What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Do you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So the demons say, Let us alone. Now, you need to understand every time, wherever, understand whatever spirit is in you, you're one with that spirit. If you'll notice, he uses a personal pronoun, I, and then he uses the pronoun, us. Whatever spirit is in you, you're at one with that spirit. When the demons speak, they speak on behalf of the man and themselves. Uh, they, they occupy totally possessing this person. And so when you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, you're controlled and you're in one with the Holy Spirit of God. If you're occupied by a demon, you're at one with a demon that occupies you. But if you're a Christian and you're occupied by the Holy Spirit of God, you're one with the Holy Spirit. So this is one devil. There's, there's only one devil because he's not omnipresent, but there are many demons. And so if, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then the God of your life is Satan. The master of your life is Satan. And you're a slave to Satan, and you're under Satan's control. But if the Holy Spirit, listen, if the Holy Spirit is not indwelling you, other spirits are indwelling you. But as a Christian, you're to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Christ comes to live in you. And uh, these demons cried out, let us alone. Let us alone. Let me just tell you something. You may be crying that out today. Let me alone. But Jesus is not going to leave you alone. His Holy Spirit is going to convict you whether you're at church or at a ball game or at a friend's house. The Holy Spirit's going to convict you. So Jesus is not going to leave you alone. I hear people say, well, I wish my wife would leave me alone, stop talking about this church stuff. Or I hear children say, you know, I wish, I wish mom and dad would leave us alone, try, stop trying to force us to go to church. Let me tell you something. Mom and dad, they really just want you to go to heaven and not to hell. That's what they're wanting. They want you to go to heaven and they're not going to give up on you, and I hope not, by sharing the gospel with you and encouraging you to go to church. 
Friend, listen, you can, you can shut all of those people out of your life. You can shut your spouse out. You can shut your children out. You can shut a preacher out, the friends out that bore you or make you mad about going to church. But there's one thing for certain. You can't shut God out of your life. I tell people that tell me from time to time, I don't want you to say anything else about me, about, uh, to me about Jesus. There's one thing you can't keep me from doing, and that's praying for you. And I'm going to pray for you. Matter of fact, I'm going to pray that God doesn't leave you, that God leave you alone, that God will continue to convict you. So the Holy Spirit of God can get, kind of get under your skin. He can go in those dark recesses of your soul. He's not going to leave you alone. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that uh, intellectual knowledge of Jesus cannot save you? A lot of people think they can know about Jesus, and that's enough to save them. Uh, they'll say, I believe in Jesus. Well, you notice in this chapter, the devil believes in Jesus. Look at verse 24. Verse 24, the demon says, hey, we, what do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So they believed in the judgment of Christ. They believed in the existence of Christ. They believed he's the Holy One. They believed in the deity of Christ. And they were occupants of hell. They were demons. So the point being, you're not going to go to heaven just because you're in, you have this intellect about who Jesus is. You have to believe not about Jesus, but you have to believe on Jesus and trust Him as your Lord and Savior. Look at verse 25. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Notice that reaction. He rebuked him, saying, Be quiet. Now the word be quiet in the Greek New Testament, it's only one word. The same word is translated rebuke. It's, it's translated rebuke in Luke chapter 8, verse 24. You remember when Jesus, the disciples, were in a boat and the winds and the waves were so terrible and, and Jesus, the Bible says, rebuked the wind and, and, and the waves and all of a sudden everything got still? Well, he rebuked those demons who were tormenting this man. Be quiet. He rebuked them. And... Uh, Jesus said, come out of him. Look at verse 26. Verse 26, and when the unclean spirit had convulsed and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Now this shows the power of the Lord Jesus in the gospel came out of him. Romans 1.16 says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So this shows that power. I really believe that. But uh, have, you, have you ever wondered that uh, the person you've been praying for and you've been sharing with, have you ever thought perhaps this is just an impossible case for God to handle? Have you ever thought this person is just really, really, this person is in so deep, this person's kind of like the prodigal son, or this person's kind of like th that demon-possessed man over in, in Mark chapter 1, or the person that I'm dealing with perhaps is hooked on drugs, and that person's hooked, or the person may be hooked on alcohol or, or hooked on porn or, or some other sin. And I think I, I might just need to, to give up on them. Have you ever been to the point where you're discouraged like that? Have you ever thought, what's the use? I'm never going to reach this person. You know, we're hearing all of this devastating news about opioid addiction and the Alabama Baptist. 
front page this week dealt with main article was Road to Recovery. Had a subtopic in there, subarticle in there. 2017 sees record in number of overdoses. 2006, we had it, the article said 90,000 reported uh, using of heroin. In 2016, 170,000 reported use as heroin, almost doubled the amount from 2006 in 10 years to 2016. And people sat in church every week hooked on drugs or alcohol or gambling or porn or some other type of uh, illicit um, drug or medication. And, then, and they're all saying, leave us alone. You know people that just want to be left alone with that stuff. Just leave us alone. Do you, do you think we just kind of need to, to rethink the way that we're doing church or that we're sharing the gospel? Do you think that, that we need a new approach in what we're doing as the church? Do you think that we need a different message? Do you think we might just need to teach people, you just need to think positive for a while, get in touch with yourself, get in touch with your inner being, uh, God wants you to, to just be at peace with yourself, be at peace with the world. You think we as the church need to kind of repackage the gospel? Maybe if we're not so confrontational, or maybe if we, we don't use the word sin. You know, that, that, that upsets a lot of people. Or use the word saved, or, or use the word lost, or you lost, or you without God. You see, I'm, I'm telling you, this man... This demon-possessed man, he was a hard case. He, was, uh, he had many demons. And the Bible says that Jesus spoke, spoke a word and commanded those demons come out, and all those demons came out. Imagine that. So listen, friend, the, the answer is still to your son or to your daughter or to your parents or to your children or to your best friend or whomever you may be speaking to. It's the power of God to salvation, that's the only hope they have. We don't need to do anything except preach what God has told us to preach. That's the gospel of the Lord Jesus. First of all, keep praying that the Spirit of God can penetrate the wall of their unbelief. I jotted these down. Secondly, keep praying that God will take those shackles that's that's been put on their mind, that he'll break those shackles. A third, pray that God will break all that those evil strongholds that the demons have constructed or around their thinking process. Pray that God will tear them down and keep them, uh, just keep them covered, praying the gospel over them, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what our loved ones need. That's what our friends need. We just need to keep taking them to the cross. is only Jesus Christ, his gospel, can break that power of sin and Satan, uh, he can break Satan's stronghold over them. So keep praying, keep praying over them, keep speaking it, keep praying that God's not going to leave them alone, but pray that God will continue to work in their life. We need Jesus in our church, people in our churches need the Lord. Because there, there's so many people in church, perhaps some of you here, that just live in secret lives. 
I, I see it from time to time, confessed to me from time to time, controlled by demons, needing to be free. Look at verse 26, 28. I'll just read that. And he, the unclean spirits had convulsed him, cried out with a loud voice. He came out of them. Then they were all amazed. They questioned among themselves, and what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits. They obey him, and immediately his fame spread throughout all the regions around Galilee. You get that? Did you hear that? All of a sudden his fame there in verse 28 spread out through all the regions. I asked myself, how did that happen? They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have uh, radio. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Twitter. They didn't have text messaging. They didn't have any of the modern uh, telecommunications that we have today. How did that word spread around all the region? They, they spread it by word of mouth. They spread it by word of mouth. The believers left and went out in the community and said, let me tell you what happened at church yesterday. There was a man possessed with the evil spirit, and Jesus came in and began to teach, and all of a sudden, Jesus commanded those spirits to come out of him, and those spirits came out of him. That man's life was changed, and it will never be the same. That's how the people knew about it. The people told it. The point is, in the coming days leading up the friend day, we need to connect with our friends who believe on Jesus, who are unchurched. We need to invite them to church, help them to get refocused in what they need to be doing as a believer. Those who have never trusted Christ, we need to invite them to church, introduce them to Jesus when you speak to them, or have them to be introduced to Jesus when they come on friend day. Those that need to be delivered from some demon who has them in bondage, and then we need to take time to spread his fame. That's what these people did. Look at verse 32 through 34. Jesus makes a trip, and we're about finished. He goes into Peter's mother-in-law's house. As soon, uh, Look at verse 29. As soon as they'd come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon, Andrew, and James, and John. Simon's wife, mother-in-law, lay sick with a fever. They told him about her at once. So he came, and they took her by hand and lifted her up. Immediately, the fever left, and she served. I'm going to give you one little quick note on this. They ne we need Jesus in our churches, and we need Jesus in our homes. And you can get a sermon out of that. But look at verse 32. The Bible says that evening when the sun had set, they brought to him who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases, cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. We need Jesus in our churches. We need Jesus in our home. Peter's mother-in-law did. We need Jesus in our city, in our towns. Get the picture. Jesus is inside standing on the outside of the door. The Bible says was the entire city. Never had noticed that. The entire city. And the sick and the demon-possessed were there, and concerned family members were there, and folks who brought them, and all the spectators, everybody had gathered there at the house. And Jesus gave them what they needed. He transformed them. He delivered them. He healed them, and then he forgave many. He, it was a whole city. He, he, didn't, uh, he didn't allow the demons to speak. Notice what he said. He told, he told the 
told the people there. He cast out many demons, and he told them not to speak. He wouldn't allow the demons to speak. Now, why do you think he didn't allow the demons to speak? He didn't. He really didn't, I believe, he didn't want the voices of hell promoting him. He wanted the believers to promote him. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says it this way. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Jesus don't want demons promoting him. He wants his people to promote him. I heard a song years and years ago. Goes like this, I won't sing it, but the words, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercies. His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's what God desires. In the mail this week, you probably received two items. You received a letter from me encouraging to take two Connect cards and begin to connect them with friends and also take a, a commitment to serve on Friend Day. I hope you brought those today and turned those in when the offering plates are plate, uh, passed. But I have, I'm going to uh, present my Connect cards, and what we want to do, we want to that she got her date mixed up but next week our deacons our school will bring their connect cards and Sunday school teachers and then the third week we'll ask everyone else Ashley today our deacons and leadership Sunday school teachers next Sunday bring at least one and then uh, the third Sunday Everyone else, bring your Connect cards during the invitation. The crosses will be down. Uh, Jimmy Pierce is going to serve kind of as our prayer coordinator for Friend Day. And he, we're going to take these and fix a prayer list. And hopefully when your friends, my friends, come on the 30th, their names will be on these crosses, and we will be, have been praying for them all the way up until the 30th, and we'll pray especially for them on that day. And so I hope you'll take this serious. I hope, you'll, I hope you, as the redeemed, will say so and encourage people to be with you on Friend Day. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the way you've spoken to us this morning. Thank you that uh, just in this passage we can see that people need the Lord that are in church. We, need, we know that people need the Lord. You see it in Peter's mother-in-law's house. People need the Lord in our houses and our homes. And then people need the Lord in our cities. You've called us to be your messengers. You've called us, you've called us Lord, as we um, rub elbows with people, come in contact with people during the week, uh, to invite them to be uh, uh, with us at church on the 30th. You may have an opportunity to present a witness, even at the time the invitation's made. But the connect will be made, Lord, when they said, I'll, I plan to be there. I'll be there unless I'm hindered in some way that I can't, can't help. So help us, we pray, to be contact conscious. Thank you for what we've learned today. We pray now for each person that's here. Let your Holy Spirit move in this invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. 
Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website. Thank you, and may God bless you.